Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking, fucking killing, killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you all for tuning in. We have a couple shows to tell you about this week. A little selfishly, I am showing a new film and a new dance work this Saturday, December 7th, as part of the garage showing. It's from 8 till 10. It's Pay What You Can. It's at the Canadian Contemporary Dance Theater. And there's also three other choreographers showing new work. Hannah Drover, Candace Irwin, and Jake Polzo. And if you didn't get a chance to catch it this weekend, um, the Citadel Bright Nights Performing Arts Series is happening again from December 4th to 7th. We have one of our past guests, Sarita Hector, will be performing her show, Black Ballerina. Um, It's a really special work, and there's two other choreographers that are joining her, and it's bound to be a very, very good show. Perfect. And then this week, we have the wonderful and powerful Rodney Diverlis. Yes, I love Rodney. <laughs> He's so easy to talk to. <laughs> it was a very fun conversation. Yeah. Here we go. My name is Rodney DeVerlis, and I am an artivist that is an artist and an activist. It was wild. It was, like, site-specific, mm-hmm. correct? And is that how you, like, classify it as site-specific? I guess. Like, yeah. it's like... Well, we were just... So I was just talking to mm-hmm. Peter about this, because mm-hmm. I'm doing an immersive work for mm-hmm. my master's thesis mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about the difference between, like, interactive and immersive and site-specific. Site-specific, yeah. It's... And, like... Site-specific and immersive are so, like, hairline together. Like, I think it's technically site-specific because we, well, we created most of it on-site. Yeah. Because we we, we just knew the site early on, and then I just shifted literally the the rest of the rehearsal period to be outside, on-site, because it was concrete. It was a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's specific to that site. We for sure use the aspects of it, but I prefer, like, public works. Mm-hmm. So by that you mean just like works that are not in typical proscenium settings that you have theaters. to like, mm-hmm. yeah. and in some in a way also accessible to the public. Exactly. So yeah. you yeah. might, mm-hmm. we might have paid tickets, and I'm still trying to figure out the politics of it because I do think artists need to artists deserve to get paid for what they're worth, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that with public works, you gets into a gray area because there's people who've paid tickets, but in a park like Massey Harris at Liberty Village, it's like. For sure, a good 30% of that crowd did not pay. Like, they were just, people, like, walked out. Yeah, yeah. the people who were walking their dogs, mm-hmm. the people who actually, like, we were using their homes, <laughs> people yeah. who lived in the park, like, who CAMH is very close by. So mm-hmm. we had to really figure out that, oh, no, we are we are coming to your home. Like, we when we were rehearsing during the days, we are like, this bench is actually where you spend. Like, yeah. you spend every day there. We were in your turf. So there's a lot of negotiating that has to happen, but there's something about performance that's publicly accessible but like really publicly accessible like you're driving like you're on your bike and you're like oh there's a performance let me sit and watch five minutes of it there's something about that that's exciting for me mm-hmm. it also breaks away for the model that you can catch a performance and not necessarily have to pay a ticket mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. realistically everybody who's caught the performance has already paid the ticket with their grant with their with the grants that I received and right, their public right. dollars, right? So the politics that's where the politics of it come to me because I'm mm-hmm. like it's you know some people are like well it's unfair for other people who paid money but I'm like they everyone's already paid money so it's just some of us have paid more because we paid tickets but like the show was created with two grants yeah. that were public funds so yeah right. how do we and create taxes. and taxes right yeah. so yeah. I would much rather have a model where there's no audience where there's no ticket prices and shows are accessible for everyone anywhere anytime obviously that requires a whole sector right. change but mm-hmm. yeah public performance i yeah. guess 
and also like such a good, especially in a location like a park, mm -hmm. it's just like so good for like, I mean like community and mm -hmm. like culture and like for people like the kids who are going to those parks, like growing up just like surrounded by like performances happening and them like having mm -hmm. the chances to like view these like public works and this like art being created in front of them is like mm -hmm. very, I think it's like very culminating of like their entire experience mm -hmm. growing up, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. it's just very interesting for them to see it. Yeah, and I think that we need to have more of that culture Especially here. In Canada. Yeah, like yeah. it's like this is a very, you know, like I I don't know I don't live in New York, but I imagine from what people have told me, like I don't know. There's even Montreal. Like I've seen I've seen people post about performances under bridges, mm -hmm. like cool sites of performance, and I think the city's so expensive, space is so annoying. Even Summerworks, an established festival, like, we, it was, like, a struggle. Like, they had to Pulling fight. Teeth? To pull teeth, yeah, yeah, to get space. Not only to get space, but to be able to use the space in the way that we wanted it with a really trepidatious city that's, like, okay, like, right. okay, yeah, we can't hang anything on that structure. Okay, it, it's a big, massive steel structure that covers an entire park. Like, we're not going to break it. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell us, don't weight bear on it, but, like, we're... we're hanging fabrics, like banners that were drifting. Yeah. Right. And that went through a lot of bureaucracy. And I was like, no, we're, we're part of this work was a collaboration between myself and a visual artist. And his entire contribution were these like flags and banners. Yeah. And both of our names were on it. Like I couldn't not, we couldn't not do it. Right. So that was the only reason they were able to push back. The city was like, yeah, okay, it's fine. And it ended up being fine. Like, it's most why of the time it's going to be fine. I think, I think it's a mindset. Like, I think it's like, you know, when we're, we are dealing with non-artists who are permitting department, you know, that permitting department, he probably is permitting those parks for really specific non-cultural events. Right. If possible, if, if that park has even had an event mm -hmm. ever. So I get the hesitation, but I'm all like, do we not want a cool city? Like, is that we? Yeah. Everyone wants a cool city right. without like the for, actual like grit. For being as progressive and as liberal that the Toronto city like mm -hmm. claims to be, when it, you feed, you get so many roadblocks trying to do public art, absolutely. it's like absolutely, absolutely. What's going on? And, sorry, sorry, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I was gonna say it's just like one of those things that's weird. Like I remember being in Berlin and even with like the Berlin Wall and learning that like the graffiti is like still illegal there. Mm -hmm. But and it's so people can still get arrested, but people just fucking do it mm -hmm. yeah. without mm -hmm. asking without because they're like, this is the fucking this is the thing. This is the thing, yeah. right? And I'm like, part of me is like, should they be happy that we're even asking? Yeah, because yeah. we could just fucking do it we and cause it. more damage. Yeah, we could literally exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like well, it actually saves the city money yeah. to go through permitting. It saves the city money to go through the the, the processes for you to know how many people are going to be at that site, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But if it's like a hurdle to do art, to like provide entertainment for a neighborhood, it's a little bit like, okay, I see why like a lot of established artists get really like head against the wall, like even venues in the city too. Like one yeah. of the reasons I love public works because I'm, I don't know, like venues in the city are just venues. Like they're just I'm tired of seeing shows at Harborfront. Like, I actually, <laughs> I have no desire. Like, I have zero, like, I have nothing in me. I cannot see these theaters any other way anymore. Like, I can't be, suspension of disbelief at the Fleck is not there. I'm like, oh, I'm at the Fleck. Oh, I'm at On Wave. Like, it's just, you know, no matter the show, ooh, different set. But, like, there's I'm a sense of the I'm still at the theater yeah. by the water. I know exactly where I am. Queen's Key. Like, I'm, I feel it. There's no pull away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, to get away from that, like, I think we have to grab this city by our reins. Like, we have to just 
do the thing, you know, wherever we want. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, do you remember uh, Rock Bottom? Rock Bottom yes. movement. Like, I remember when Rock Bottom first, first, first started, when they were still in school, Alyssa used to do performances outside. Used to have, like, back in, like, Corrado, like, Adrian Lipson, like, really yeah. old crew. Maradora was, like, OG, but, like, old, old crew. <laughs> they used to do these performances, like, popping up outside. Like, mm -hmm. and I like that. I actually really, really, really like that. And I thought that was going to be their... Was going to be, like, a was gonna I, be, Yeah, I agree But with I that. think, now I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, it is significantly easier to, to put it, to, to have a venue, even if it's an alternative art gallery. Right. Because the actual sheer... Like difficult, like <laughs> the difficulty. We finished. Let me give you an example. We finished two shows. We had um, a six o'clock and an eight o'clock. And in between the six and the eight o'clock, obviously the audience stayed for the six o'clock. After the six o'clock, to chat. Yeah. Because I didn't have anywhere to go. Like most of the collaborators, like non non performers, are getting changed. But everybody else, we were. It's perfect. We didn't. It wasn't nine. We had time. We could chat. People were chatting, like talking about the show, and like. Four cops on bikes, just like, and you know when you're, you're biking, but you know when you you stop biking and your bike's cruising, yeah, they just cruise. <laughs> so right away the tension just gets like really, and then in a park is like right. tension, tense. What's going on? Oh my gosh! And then they go and they talk to Summer Works. They have an exchange back and forth, back and forth. Then I start to see people dwindle a little bit because they're there for a while. It's just like okay, maybe this everyone thinks. We're getting broken up, right? Like right. it's like we're like we're just standing mm -hmm. around. Everyone dissipates, says goodbye, gets ready for the second performance. No, they just were like, "Oh, we didn't know. We thought we knew. We thought we knew something was happening, but then we didn't know something was happening. But then we saw y'all, and we just wanted to come and say and do all the things and make sure that everything was okay. And like it was a check to make sure that everything was okay and everything was right, and there was no noise and all the things. We're fine. Like it was like. Okay, like that is. You're in a public. We're park. in a public park. Isn't so, it meant for loitering? And what does <laughs> yeah. that do to my audience? Exactly. What does that do for my audience? Then that's yeah. just like, okay, we're not allowed to. Like I'm like, I actually wanted people to stand and talk for 45 minutes. I yeah. actually want us to break away out of the like. Okay, we're done with a show. See you later. I'm going home. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of th there's just a lot of things culturally in the city. I think we have to wrap our heads around to understand the cool to to reach and be the cool city that we want to be mm -hmm. and i think that as artists as people that aren't super super duper rich sitting at the top of these 60 floor condos like i think we kind of have to take the city for ourselves mm. in a way otherwise it's just going to become full bureaucracy full theaters that's it yeah and have you grown you've grown up in toronto your whole no, life no no not at all where are you from there? It's kind of complicated. I was born in Haiti, so I grew up there since I was nine, and then I moved to the States. Okay. Then I grew up in Florida till I was like 17. Wow. And then I came here, actually Hamilton, where my parents are, for like a year-ish, mm -hmm. like and a half, and then came to Ryerson, and then came here. Wow. So I actually haven't, my, my Toronto, I've been in Toronto for 11 years, but it's been... As an adult. As an adult. Yeah, taking in as an adult. And even in 11 years, I'm like, oh, when I hear Torontonians that are like, it's been, you're back in the day. I'm like, I kind of, I recognize that. Yeah. Like, it's, I'm <laughs> even saying like, back in a day. Yeah. <laughs> back in like 2009, like back when like my skyline wasn't condos, like back yeah. when it was a bit, right. you know, like it was a bit, like, like older apartments ruled big space rules same with me i have a mm -hmm. big old, older apartment too so yeah. much space yep you can actually like 
have multiple rooms, like talking, like, oh, you're over there. Yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. actually, like that, that is a Toronto I miss. Yeah. I will never live in a condo. No. It's hard. No. 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 I think my sisters and I are talking about like buying one at some point. Yeah. Because we recognize that none of us are going to afford one individually. Mm-hmm. It's, like, uh, it's the, the, the looking at a mirror ball and being like, actually, no, that's not a possibility. So we're like, if three of us save for a long time together, we can likely get a property, but that's the only thing for that is just to retire. Like, that's just investment retire right. rather than live in. Long game. Yeah, long game. Long game. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like, if we, if, we, if we can snag something somewhere mm-hmm. and just let it kind of just sit. Yep. At some point, we'll, we'll all be able to cash out and split it and do our own thing. And maybe by that point, we'll be ready to have our own houses. But right. it's a little bit, to me, it's more sustainable than... I don't know, get it. Like some people I know, I know people who've like gotten loan, like line of credits to be able to get a down payment. So I'm like, okay, you're getting a loan for a loan. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're paying so much and condo fees. And then you're like, you're living, you're working just to live and you're living just to work. Like, it's just like this cycle and you're not, you have a nice big apartment, but you can't furnish it because you're spending so long, yeah. <laughs> so much yeah. money on a mortgage. Like it's one of those, like, I don't know what quality of life is that. Right. Yeah, I, really have one. Mm. I don't I don't see the point to own in downtown Toronto. No. No, no it really isn't. No. It make any sense to me. It does it's no. it's it, unless the whole point is to flip, honestly. But I also think that this false like no markets ever is is ever this good for this long? Like right. there's gonna be a moment, you know, and Calgary. I remember Ooh, in the yes, middle yes, of my yes. of my stint, ooh, sorry, in my stint <laughs> at Calgary when they went through the provincial recession and yep. oil, which was their like the only the, all of a sudden like this, there's nobody downtown. Nobody, no jobs. Oh my gosh, even friends that I've made like one year old, like friends that I've known for like a year that were like, yeah, I'm going back to. Vancouver. I'm going back to. I got laid off. Like people got laid off at Friday Center. Apartments. Yeah. I've never seen yeah. decreases in apartments before. Mm-hmm. Like we danced with people who got apart like rent decreases. Like they yeah. were like, "You're gonna <laughs> please stay, please stay, please yeah. stay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like that's a that my first year Calgary. That was very different. Yes. Like that, it was like I describe it as like you know. Um, Wolf of Wall Street, like that yes. sort of it's great Gatsby <laughs> totally. and Wolf of Wall Street mixed it's together so at the bars, right? It's I've never seen so a black true. car before until I came to, to Cal. Like I'd never seen like really? a, a like a black oh, gold rim yeah. thick, like like it's like honestly Grounds I knew they the existed, but I and I'm like online, but I've never like some oh okay you have a black card okay yeah you, just throws it down nah, for drinks and you're like Ooh. you're like 25 and you have a black card like not even like, you're not some old dude like, you're like no. you're like our age and it's you also have like, a black card it's like new money mm-hmm. yeah yeah right mm-hmm. yeah. Spend new, it. that's yeah. money that you, you spend it's that's like money, that, money yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um how long were you with djd four seasons four seasons mm-hmm. you well, lived there for four years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your experience like with DJG? You know, it was actually a good experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I knew what I was getting... Well, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I kind of knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, I knew at, you know, at Ryerson, I, after second year, I took a break. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I really... I don't know if I want to... I just, I just wasn't about the cult, like, the being in a cult thing. Like, I just <laughs> really... I have... I'm, I'm averse to cults. 
oh, very weird. much her. Like I get weird. Oh, very weird. <laughs> weird how that works. And I, I like I get my body goes like this the second it yeah. feels like I have to drink a Kool-Aid to be a part of a cult. So right. I just kinda needed and I also was like, I don't really wanna dance in fourth position turned out. Like I just I knew that it I I I didn't I I don't really want to look for longingly. Like I just I knew yeah. I knew kind of what attracted me, what didn't, okay. and I always knew that DJD was an like was a, something that I wanted, and then so because of that I was I took it very seriously because I knew that it was a short period of time. Yeah. Well, took it as seriously as I could because I knew it was a short period of time and I wasn't gonna last there as long. Um, I missed my family. I missed home. Yeah. Um, I think. My time with the company and the dancers, I, like, miss the dancers. Like, I really do. I miss doing the work with them. I miss that sort of, like, it was, like, a family that didn't feel like a cult. Like, you know, in that sense, like, I was like, oh, like, I can be close to y'all, but I can still do my own thing. Like, I still have freedom. Like, I still, like, after work, like, see you later. Yeah. I can still have interests. Totally. Or I was like, you were too deep in it to know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was too deep. Exactly. <laughs> you would like, like given the clue and you didn't even know. I actually already drank yeah. it. I, I, I was already like, hey. It's in the taps. <laughs> yes. It's in the taps. In the water. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that was the positive. I think generally, I don't know if a long time, I just don't know. Company life t- is just, it, it takes, it's like putting it for me like a square and a triangle. Like you could, or triangle or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if it's soft enough, you can squeeze it in. But the second that the edges started getting hard, like it's just like it doesn't fit. And it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. At some point, I'm like, okay, I'm an artist that's working nine to five. That's that's like the dream. Fe- feeling, ooh, but f- feeling the dream. The dream. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're like, I'm working nine to five. I did it. Oh my gosh, I did all the things yes. moving forward. And yet I'm miserable. And yet I'm complaining like nine to fivers. And yet you tell me I have to be here. And yet I'm not creative. And yet I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> After yeah. a while, it, it got to just be like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, my parents say, like, stop quitting. You're such a quitter. You know, oh. like, we didn't raise a quitter. Ooh, how like, did that make you feel? Yeah. Oh, I'm fine, because I know I'm a quitter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my parents, it's interesting. That's like a mentality from, like, a different generation. Yeah, different generation. Yeah. A whole different generation, yeah. right? Yeah. So they're, they're like, oh, like, even my parents are like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, well, I'm actually working on this project, on this project, on this project. And they're just... Okay, you know, because they're from the generation where there's one job right. and that's it. And for like, 40 years. For, you don't like your boss, you just wait for your boss to retire or move forward. Die. You don't die or, <laughs> you know, like really, like you, you're just like, okay, it's, it's, part of the, it's part of the culture to not like your boss. You're just, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like, it's, we're not in the 70s and the 80s anymore. No. Mm-hmm. We're not. Like, there's just, there's a, it's a new world. Yeah. Anyways, that's how I got here. It's almost like, Dance companies with this like nine to five rule are trying to like be corporate yeah. companies, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're trying to f- enforce the same standards when that really doesn't work no. mm-hmm. at all. It really doesn't. And why haven't they it learned? It really or- doesn't. And I would even argue that like because dance companies don't have the resources as corporate companies, they're unable to even do the nine to five right. Because yeah. in theory, it's like you know, if I'm working at a nine to five at a big com- company mm-hmm. and I take Monday and Tuesday off, let's say if I'm I'm not seeing, okay, if I'm obviously entry level, everybody, you do what you got to do. But if I'm in the middle of the pack and mm-hmm. I've worked in a company for a while, which by my fourth season at DGD, I was in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't 
a 10-year or an eight-year, but I wasn't an apprentice either. So middle of the pack, I have some sort of level of seniority. Yeah. But like, I really couldn't, I could take a day off, but I technically I could take a day off, but it wasn't in the culture to take a day off. Right. Guilt. Exactly, guilt. right? Shame. So, and it, not only even guilt, you have to have like an extraordinary reason because that's the culture. It's not just, you know what? Like, I'm feeling fucked up in the head today. I don't know if I can cuss on here, but like, yes, I, I, I am feeling, I just, I am, I, you know, the mornings where you wake up and you're like, nope, not today. Like, mm-hmm. I just need to curl up and like be a little sad. But like, you can't, I could if I was working in a, in a, in a, in like a call center Mm -hmm. and I'm like, and if salaried, it's not hourly. I could be like, you know what? Friday, can I take Friday off and come back? Yeah. But in the dense company, that doesn't really work like that. And they're also not offering you the same benefits. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. For a physical practice, for a physical job. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing. Also, do you feel like there's like something with your peers where it's just like, well, I'm here. Like, mm. do you feel? I don't know. Like, I think there's a there's a combination for sure. Yeah. There's a mix. I think there's a, there's definitely a mix of people. There's some people that are like, this is it. Like, I'm in. Like, um, I'm like satisfied. Like, there's a there's a satisfaction with with this. Like, there's just mm-hmm. I'm gonna be in it till I retire. Kind of like uh, old parent mindset. I found the job. I need to do the best that I can. Right. Retire and move on. Yeah. I think it's just like everybody takes something out of it so differently that it's, I don't know. Like it's, I, I was like flexibility, malleability, and just recognizing that we're individual artists was what was missing from an institution for me. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it was, it's a model that I see why it's important, but unless we're back to the 80s where everyone's in a company right. and every company is offering like a, 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 a dope, contract Mm -hmm. when everyone's doing something differently then the standards are not equal then it's really just you take what you get there's also something about being laid off every year and every single year your contract gets dangled on your on on your head and you there's processes for the contract and we're not unionized right actors oftentimes we they bargain collectively but if you're good with the boss you're feeling good if you're not good with the boss you have half a season of anxiety literally every day where a contract gets dangled over your head so and who was the artistic director when you were there Kimberly them? Cooper yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that was yeah. one of her first hires so I was her first hire actually yeah yeah after she took over she took over the half season before me right yeah it's just, just like it's just it, I think dance companies actually rely on a power totally rely yes. on a power imbalance that mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm really about like I, I think that actually as artists we can work in a more egalitarian way. I think even more now, the older that I get, the more that I'm like, no, actually, the choreographer doesn't have power over it. It's just a job. Yeah. Like, it's just to dance. I can't dance without a choreographer, and a choreographer can't dance with, can't choreograph without a dancer. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's actually just... Yeah. It's an it's, exchange. Exactly, right? Yeah. It's not... It's not... It's, an, it's a literal exchange, and you don't actually have more power than me. You actually... I need you, and you need me. Yeah. Your role is just to choreograph and me to interpret and for us to work together collaboratively like that. But I think, I don't know if it's seen like that. Like I think, especially even in this city, choreographers really are like, the, they are the gatekeepers, there's they like are a holders. a hierarchy with your nose in the air. Absolutely. Like I this. also think there's an issue with, with just training dancers at a young age. Dancers will not ever be like, no. Mm-hmm. If you ask a dancer a question, yeah. they're not gonna be like, no, I, I'm not doing that. They'll be a, their answer will be hesitation and then, Mm, okay, mm, okay, okay. 
okay. And then you, it's like, coming from a choreographer, you dance and you choreographer. Well, you have to read that then. So they're not comfortable with that. Okay, but why couldn't they just say, no, I'm not comfortable with this? Right. And it's hard for dancers to say, no, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't want to do this. Because there's this weird, like, You're never- I, I have to say yes Spot all the time. On. Spot yeah. on. Till they're like, what are you? Like, I dance with like, like, like people who are literally like 38, 39, who I'm like, say no. And I'm always saying no. They're like, are y'all, you know, the moment is a tension and they're like, okay, like everyone knows it. No one's saying it. And the choreographer's like, and I, bless the choreographer. Sometimes they're like, is that okay? Is that safe? And then there's like, murmur. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> yeah. can we go, or can we do, or even can we do that again? Mm-hmm. Like yes. sometimes I'm like, we didn't get it. Like, yeah, like, right. let's just say, can we do that again? You know? Right. And they're like, full run, go, go, go. And I'm always like, can we do that again? Like, can yeah. we? Yeah, like, like, I need literally time. have no, no idea. I have no idea. Like, I'm like, yeah. I need time. Like, yeah. I need it. And you're paying me for time. Like, you're paying me to have it perfect. So it's like part of. Give me that fucking time. Yeah. I need time. Yeah. Yeah. There's also these, like, ideas that choreographers have stopped dancing. Mm-hmm. And because they've stopped dancing, they start to separate the dancer from, like, the choreographer. So they stop being able to relate to the dancer. And, like, if choreographers are like, is this safe? Mm-hmm. And, like, I've been talking, I actually just finished talking to this with Peter because mm-hmm. I was having troubles with it with my dancers because my work, well, not with my dancers, because my work is an immersive work. And so I'm like, there is sometimes like a little danger because it's like on tables or mm-hmm. it's on this. Mm-hmm. And the way that I've been trying to like combat it is like, I will always do it first mm-hmm. to see if it's like mm-hmm. doable to put yeah. like myself in the same yeah. position as yeah. my dancers. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And I think choreographers, because they, aren't dancing and eventually they get to a point in their careers where maybe they can't dance mm-hmm. and that's fine mm-hmm. but they forget, they forget that sometimes things just aren't fucking absolutely. possible absolutely you know? absolutely <laughs> can i see that again no i've given that to you five times like it's like no like yeah. can i one more time really okay yeah. or mm. you know uh, oh what it's that's the worst to me it's like again 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 for no reason i actually i'm not i won't say like no obviously you have to be open but it's like if I'm being asked to do, repeat something for like the ni- for 90th time, I'm like, is there something different that you'd want? Is there a different approach that I can do? Right. Is there something that you're looking to see? Why would you like to see it a different time? Like there's, I think a lot of ways dancers, we can probe questions without pushing back. Mm-hmm. But just to yeah. actually, even that choreographer, especially younger, like I'm an emerging choreographer and I find that I also have to learn. I also have to be like, oh, yeah. you know what, maybe Maybe I maybe the dancers don't need to do it full out for the third time for me to see it. Maybe I can just look at a video <laughs> yeah. at that time. Maybe I can mm-hmm. get dancers take a second to stretch. I'm gonna look at the video. Right. That is the same thing, but one means one less. One just means the dancers are less fatigued, which yes. means that they'll give me full out. Like it's you're spot you on right. I yeah, would hope. You I would hope. hope if you hired yeah. good if you hired mm-hmm. dancers that are mm-hmm. you know yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think you're spot on on that. That it's like it's it's it is separation separation and the communication breakdowns in choreographer and dancer is yeah and it almost feels like they've like graduated to choreographer it's like all of a sudden i'm a choreographer and i am different mm-hmm. right it's like this one million percent yeah one million percent which is so ironic because i think like there are people that i know from the beginning of time i've always like they've always been choreographers to me like yeah. they've always had a choreographic mind they've always Alyssa, Alyssa I feel like that she's always uh, Alyssa Pyers mm-hmm. like you know great performers they both are like you know they both have strong technique There's, they both understand technical frameworks well they're strong well trained mm-hmm. but from the get like I always felt like they're like they're 
perspective of how they saw the world was yeah. choreographically. Yeah. That I'm like, they didn't need to dance for a company for 15 years to get that. Like, no. they're, mm. And there are people, conversely, that have danced for 20 years of their lives who choreograph one thing and it just doesn't pick up because they just don't have the mindset. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't... It's like that big picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. I agree. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting how we... Dance is so different than other sectors, but we try to shape dance like other sectors. Like we try to create the hierarchy systems of of choreographers. I definitely see that parallel with directors and Mm -hmm. theater. Mm -hmm. There's that that sense of like you're God, literally God. (laughs) Like there is a God mic that you speak on to. Like yes, it's like that. (laughs) A puts a lot of pressure on creators, but choreographers are different to me. They're not directors because no. choreographers are also, they're playwright, actually. Right. They're actually, choreographers most of the time, most of their job is more of the playwright. Mm-hmm. They do the direction, yeah, but you can also have a choreographer and a director. Yes. You can have, you can, like, you, the, the actual direction of things is important. Directing and staging is important. But, like, if you're play. Your source material, if you're writing, mm-hmm. you know, the movement vocabulary isn't spot on. Like, that is the most important thing for me. Mm-hmm. As an emerging choreographer, mm-hmm. how have you learned to articulate what you want to people? It, it's an ongoing process, boom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, when I, I did my summer works this summer, and when I started it, a number of us had just, like, we, we had some traumas to deal with, you know? Like, I had one person who just left DJD and not too good of terms. I have, you know, like, I had some other dancers that just were, like, fed up with dance. And we sort of, the very first rehearsal, which was, like, we had everybody there for four hours. And this was not what I planned. We actually started with a circle. And we spent, like, the first, literally, like, three quarters of the first rehearsal just, like, talking. Just, like, going around in a circle and talking. And I think it became clear for me that I need to, sh- to show up differently than I would have normally shown up if I wanted these dancers to have morale and energy at the end. Mm. And you can always tell in a performance, no matter the talented, no matter how talented the dancer, uh, the dancer is, when there's no morale and there's no energy, mm-hmm. you know? Like one of the memories I have is watching Paul Taylor on tour in Calgary. And at the intro, the artistic director is like so proud of this massive company. They're big, they're US, they're touring everywhere. And they were like, Two nights before, they were in Tokyo, then they came from a New York, and then they did, like, they did something in Europe the week before. So, like, in one week span, they've gone from Europe to New York to Tokyo Exhausted. to Calgary, <laughs> in that order. Not, not east to west, not west to east, you know? You Just, like, boom, 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 boom. So, the dancers were, like, exhausted. exhausted. They danced so well. Those pieces were full out. It was, like, on. Like, don't get me wrong. It was, like, they're paul taylor dancer yeah but like from that far in the jubilee i was like no oh, no y'all like have no spirit like none of you want to be here <laughs> at this point you're probably counting down the days till the end of the tour of course and i was like i couldn't a piece that had to do with so much spirit in life i couldn't drain that out of the dancers and mm-hmm. back to your question anyways i just had to show up differently yeah. i think it's i'm actively trying to learn that i think that I re one thing that I think that works is for me to re to not be so stubborn with my strategy. So, you know, you're working with a dancer and you have a solo and the solo's not is landing, but it's not landing. You know, like this is the third time we're doing it three different days, it's not looking like how I want it to. Then at some point I have to do some work and change what I'm saying to you as yeah. a dancer. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just keep saying the same thing. It's not working. 
I've had so many times working with choreographers that are just like, it's not working. It's not working. Oh, it's just not working. Well, it's not helpful. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but it's not working. I just feel like I had to, I had to, I had to realize that it was incumbent on me and my success relied on how I could successfully choreograph and relate info to to the dancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it just meant showing up differently. It meant sometimes for rehearsals, we would just jump right into it and just do a, a run. Sometimes we would need to be like, okay, stop rehearsals, put our heads together and be like, okay, what's going on, y'all? Like, let's take right. a deep breath, you know? Like, it, Or sometimes I would honestly just be like, am I making sense? Or am I, is there something that I could say that could that, that is better for you? Do you not, right. what, do you, do you what do you need? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you need? That's all it comes down to. What yeah. do you need? Right. Learning process. You wouldn't be there without them, and they wouldn't be there without you. Mm-hmm. I also need them to be their their best, and to me, best is not your most technical, but is your most present. Yeah, fuck yeah, open presence, open, ready. I'm willing, risk taking. I'm mm-hmm. you know, like I'm willing to do this for us rather than I'm doing this for you, choreographer. Yeah. Do you know what I think is a really good telltale of a dancer being open and? I, you can argue this with me is if um, they're dancing with their mouth open mm-hmm. because dancers that dance with pursing lips pursing lips they're not letting the movement come out of their body or not letting movement and experience <sighs> come into their mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. so when they move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. different yeah. when you have your mouth open it allows for like expression and yeah. it allows for information to be like in it's like you know how cats like open their mouths to smell yeah it's kind of like that so like when you dance dancing and then like having this to be like maybe it catches a smile maybe it catches air all yeah. of a sudden and it really helps just be present because it's like the oxygen is constantly yeah. flowing through and flowing through here mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like the mouth being open yeah. Yeah. for information. It's a relaxation. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's like, um, yeah. I also Not like f- clenching and like yeah. pursing your tongue against the back of your teeth. And-, and as you said, with oxygen, like, I don't know how you would, when you're, especially when you're dancing. It's only here. Breathing. Only through your nose. Yeah. It's like, that's a bit intense. Which is causing All this. of this, all of yeah. that. Yeah. 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 No, it's yeah. true. And in life too, we're like, ah, oh, like it's, you know, like even in the 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 the, the, the streetcar here, just like how many times I was like, "Come on!" Like, <laughs> <sighs> my mouth is open. I'm breathing. I'm taking in air. I'm just like <gasps> gasping, expelling all of the things. I I would totally agree with that assessment. I would totally agree with that assessment. Yeah, it's like the mouth. It's like just being like open and like making yourself almost vulnerable to like the stimulants that are coming in. You know? Do you remember Kenny Pearl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kenny. <laughs> well, don't, they're not going to be able to see this, but they, they, I'll describe it. Like, you're standing on fifth, and you're, like, uh, at the end of an exercise, you're balancing. You're looking at your balcony focus at the horizon. Like, you know, and she, he's always just like, just think you're the end, and there's applause, there's applause. And he always told us, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Kenny, Kenny would be like, it's come on more, more, more. And you're there and you're like, and all you had to do was. Oh. <laughs> and you'd be like, so yes, yes. Just open. like, you know, the same, nothing would change. Nothing would change. <laughs> <laughs> also the arms that you were giving were like perfect, perfect Kenny arms. Just like Kenny arms. They're always, like, always in B. Yeah. He's like, shoulders down. Okay. Okay. All the things, all the things balance. Okay. Just relax dancers. <laughs> <Not> yeah. <open. laughs> 
Yeah, it's so true. It's like a, it's just a weird performer thing. It's something. And you notice it when you're choreographing. Mm-hmm. You're just like, something's not mm-hmm. right. I, what is it? Could it also be like, I also feel like if my jaws are closed and like, I'm thinking. Mm. That's happening. Like when I say, stress. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. you carry a lot of stress in the jaw, in the top of your spine, which is connects back here, right? Yeah. So this is all stress. Mm. Stress in your neck. Yeah. yeah. When I see someone doing that, I just like think like closed butthole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everything is clenched. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's like the first thing I think of. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Was it holding a dime in your butt cheeks? Yeah. That, that turn out, that turn out tip. Like, yeah. I don't even know. No, it's so Like, true. hold a dime or hold a penny. Hold a penny on your butt cheeks and hold it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. It's like that, what is that thing? The meme, the dance memes everybody keeps sharing right the now? The dance union ones. Dance yeah. Yeah, union, all the ballet stuff yeah. that they're putting out right now. Yeah. I quite enjoy that. I quite it's enjoy that account. It's been so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I quite enjoy that account. It's been very good. It's saying things that are like, like yes! the foundation of ballet yes. and like, or like, or ballet the, is the foundation of all dance. It's like, oh. someone like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah. universities only teaching like foundations, <laughs> which is just modern and ballet. And, ballet. and you're like, the foundation a, of dance? A 40 year old dance form and a 200 year old dance form when human beings have been dancing since the beginning of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's the beginning of time. It's so Everywhere. <laughs> no matter where you go, people were dancing. The Celtic were dancing. Yeah. <laughs> right? The ancient Chinese were dancing. So the African funny. tribe were dancing. Or it's like a history of dance course, and they're only teaching about, like, have you seen that one? It's like the only yeah. people they teach about are, like, Martha Graham. <laughs> Martha Graham. Alvin Ailey. Like, it's just like, it's, there's like five, five people, yeah, and they're like, yeah. this is all of our history. <laughs> and I will be seeing you later. <laughs> Learn and move on. Yeah. <laughs> Graham Forsythe Cunningham Bailey. Yeah. And uh, sometimes I'm just like, people that are teaching these history courses, I'm just like, you have a fucking hard on for postmodernists. Like, yeah. let's just get real. Yeah. Get it out. It's yeah. done. We're done. Yeah. I'm done. Are we over that yet? I'm so over postmodern. Yeah. Are we over it? Are we we're still in I it? I mean, I'm really excited to go to the 100 Years of Merce Cunningham next week. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I, really, though? Yeah. I, no shade to Cunningham. Yeah. No shade. Whatever, you guys. Yeah. No shade to Cunningham. Um, I've never seen any of his work live before, so I'm interested in seeing right. it live. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's yeah. Dope. Yeah. 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 Me neither. I've never seen... It's free. It's free. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, AGO. you just want me. AGO, 6.30 to 7.30. <laughs> Um, 100 Years of Merce Cunningham, the Cunningham Trust, oh, yes. which yes. founded mm-hmm. after he died, mm-hmm. and uh, Fall for Dance North is putting it on. Okay, so. So it's a live performance. And it's free. You and see, it's free. That, that, I am more than okay, <laughs> and this is also says a lot about politics and class, but I'm like, that just won it for me. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, you're doing, it's like an archive work, like you're looking at a, a piece of our, our lineage from 100 years, and yeah. it's programmed as Mm-hmm. For accessible to the public, because mm-hmm. we all need to know it. There's a bit of a history to it, and it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I think that he set up his trust in a lot of ways like that. So, okay. a the company's not making new work anymore. Mm. Nothing is being made under the Merce Cunningham name. Um, and when they show stuff, it's community based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. They're not making mm-hmm. new stuff. That's nope. interesting. The company nice. disbanded. Yeah. He. Um, it's only archival work. Only. Uh, company members can teach it. Okay. Yeah. Like the old cat. The old. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, you can't. Yeah, that's it. It's just like he made a lot of rules. 
He gave a bunch of money away. He put a lot of money into a trust so they can continue to teach it with all of the money that he left. Mm -hmm. So it's like very interesting. I think that I I kind of like that actually. I kind of I like the deliberate decision that this work is a can like it's a canon of its own, and that although it, it it can evolve, but let's keep it pure and use it to influence mm-hmm. other evolutions rather than uh, trying to see this technique evolve through the time or no. forcing this technique to evolve mm-hmm. through the time, like shoving it down people's. No, nope. because I, I I don't know audiences are just like I. That to me make me more receptive to it than as as a younger dancer to like to learn it, not to take it as archive and as a learning tool, but to take it as a archive and a learning tool. Like to to take it as an archive and a learning tool rather than the it show of the fall, which I think a lot of postmodern creators in the city I think still have this dream that postmodernism is going to be gonna come back back to its heyday no 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 (laughs) no i think that the genres are starting to like do this yeah theater and dance and music and and everything's kind of done like ironically now right like postmodern work is kind of done like ironically (laughs) i think it's not it's just like too separate yeah it's like too yeah i don't know and i I agree with you that the merging yeah and so like if you're gonna just do postmodern work it's it's too isolated. Mm-hmm. It's to this one thing mm-hmm. to be accessible to a lot of people, to be accessible to a wide audience, to bring people in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a small pocket of people that are going to watch it and enjoy it, yeah. which is great. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to reach a wide audience, and it's not no. going to like tell the stories that need to be told right now. No, no mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. It feels, yeah. It's just like I hate to say the word dated because everything's course. dated, but. Yeah, the, the the lack of appeal to the audience is, I don't know, in part, it's like, it's a, such a small period of time that has defined everyone's tra- training and, like, approach. And, like, <laughs> even still gatekeepers, like, the dance gatekeepers in the city are still, still pushing modernism and postmodernism. Like, yeah. still. Like, and pushing, like, everything else out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like. Everything else is other. Yeah. Everything else. In a world yeah. where, like. Anything that's anything that's like, okay, you know what? Like, Hannah Keel does, I've heard somebody describe it as urban contemporary, which I'm like, interesting. Mm, which oh, I, I like Hannah Keel's work, but I'm like, I, I don't know where describe. where do you find, or, or I don't understand Where's the, that the definition, of, you know? But I think that, you know, then people will look at like Hala Jazz, and they're like, that's just over there, you know? Everything that's over there is clumped together, you know? Right. Hala, like, Urban, urban contemporary, anything that's not linear, vertical, line-based. Still probably looks a lot like ballet to most people that don't know any better. (laughs) Right. You know? It's over there. Yeah. It's over there. Hmm. I think, yeah, the the blurring of categories is helpful. I don't really give myself, I don't know if y'all do categorize your work. No. Like, where would it fall under? I mean, I don't... I guess like contemporary dance mm-hmm. mostly. My yeah. like genre genre that I work in a lot is film. So, yeah. yeah. But like contemporary dance is a medium mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just like I don't know because I'm like not interested in like dance. Like mm-hmm. as that that as that in being the and proscenium is that being the sole thing that we're looking at is mm-hmm. like not of interest to me anymore. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like a, like have some sort of like visual art to it. Mm-hmm. I want it to be like 
I mean like immersive work. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be like surrounding that impact movement that inspire the way everything's Mm -hmm. happening environment. There needs to be like a theme. It needs to have just like something. I don't know. I feel like I'm in this like weird transition period where like I wouldn't, I don't have a specific like categorization for the movement Mm -hmm. because it's all based on like what is the inspiration of the other discipline that's coming in Mm -hmm. or the other Mm -hmm. medium that's coming in. That's coming in. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that sounds like it. Can we just say dance? Yeah. Yeah. Our generation. I think a lot, there's going to be a lot of shifts in our generation and how we approach that. In a way, all of us are living in much more connected lives than we've ever lived. Ever have. The world is just like. So small. Yeah. It's ent- we are all interconnected. Like I spend, I spend more time watching dance that's not local, mm-hmm. online. <clears throat> like I actually spend when I if I I, I I watch a fair amount of shows. Like there's times where I'm like I'm gonna I watched like four shows last week. Whoa, <laughs> it's a lot. Last week was a bit much. It was a lot. Like, it it was sounds like, like an awesome week. To <laughs> you. I, mean, it, I, I didn't pay for it. Like I got I got a comp. Thankfully, like that helped. Mm. But like it was just a combination of shows that maybe that I would not have naturally gone and seen. Okay. I feel like also there's com- in dance we really like things that are cool. Yeah. Realistically, dance is always about trends. Like it, mm-hmm. it has I, it. I've all I noticed that from like get like it's just it is trends. Like it, there's a moment where we all started to wear socks. <laughs> there is a moment where we all started to Barbie feet and stop pointing. There's a moment that we all went floppy at the yeah. same time. There's a moment <laughs> that we all went. Fourths. There was a moment where fourths, deep fourths, was a thing, and then suddenly we shifted and we're like, "No, let's invert." Then it was just like, "Oh, yes. it's like let's sickle and invert." Then now everything's like, "Let's just be as inverted as possible." Yeah. There was a moment where suddenly, suddenly the floor was hot. Now everybody's hot. Floor, 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 yeah. floor, floor, floor. So I think that we we do also. We, totally. There's Toronto. There's companies that have always been the darlings of contemporary dance, and they're always cool. Mm-hmm. And there's some that lose their cool, right? So when I came here in Toronto, TDT was cool. Now somebody told me that like oh, TDT is not cool anymore. I'm like okay, like interesting. It's like it's like okay, what? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, what I is know, fucking cool anymore? Then like Thank what is? So like, what what's is cool? cool? What is cool? Because I feel like, like someone that says TDT isn't cool is probably like, well, rock bottom's cool. Yeah, you rock know, cool. yeah. Okay, yeah. Rock and someone so cool. that's gonna be like, rock bottom isn't cool anymore would be like, well, holla jazz is cool. Yeah, like you know, it's just like. It's just like it's what fucking is. Everyone doesn't know what's happening. Also, like it feels like just like gives me anxiety to like try to be cool. Yeah, no, it's true. I have to like try to be something or like I don't know. It sounds exhausting. When you see people that are just like embodying their own thing, that's what you're saying. It's like Mm -hmm. well, what I think you're saying, Mm -hmm. sorry, is like that's what the the coolest thing is. Is when like you just see somebody completely being like, this is what my thing is. I'm not trying to be Hannah Keel. I'm not trying to be TDT. I'm not trying to be you know pro arte. I'm just this. This is what it is. And this is a fusion of all of my past and my history. And I'm going to keep forward with it. I think that's why I always respect Alyssa. Alyssa came into a sector that, and doing something that was very, like, very much hers. And it's not to say she's the only person in the world that does this kind of work. But in this community, Mm -hmm. in this sort of way, in this community and in this age cohort, it was only her. Mm. It's so easy, especially when your start is... You know, you're doing, like, free shows in public with your friends. You're asking your friends to do things for free. It's very easy to lose momentum in that. Mm-hmm. When you feel, when you look at a sector and you're like, oh, I don't see opportunities for me to be presented. Right. Like, when Alyssa came out, there, 
we hadn't I haven't seen somebody like her be presented by anybody else. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, right. but like stick to your guns. <laughs> like that's the ways that she wants to tell stories. And mm-hmm. I just saw Hollow Mountain and I think that that's her magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Was that's it great? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Holy crap. Like it was like, wow. Like you I am like I'm sitting and watching I I'm I am front row ticket for her career. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was so great. It was it was fantastic to see a culmination of you know she's been doing rock bottom now for like more than five years. Yeah, definitely. When I was in my fake fourth year, I think was when she started. I think almost not, almost eight. A long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's been a while. Like yeah. it's like it's so good to see. It was so great. It was so inspiring to see how it hasn't culminated because her career is only beginning, really. Yeah. But it's like to see how this first stage. This first wave of her of her career has culminated mm-hmm. in like the maturity and the depth of her work and how like I told her usually I'm like peeing my pants laughing at her at her <laughs> at her works and I was like I don't know what this time I wasn't laughing as much you know and then she was like oh I was like no I actually not that I didn't enjoy yeah. it there's such a fine line between comedy and tragedy like it's actually yes. to be able to do comedy especially that dark comedy right it's a bit tragic like it's a bit there's a bit of like there was pain in their laughter. Like, I was, like, I was looking at a whole other... Like, the piece was deep. It was, yeah. like, the, like it was insightful. It was really mature. Her style has really sharpened up. Her working with those dancers... The for da- so long. For so yeah. long. Like, yeah. they, like, oh, yeah. it was it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. I was actually, like, I... Usually, I'm like, thank you so much. I have to go. Like, I just, like, couldn't... I was so buzzing with energy. Like, I had to, like stay in the space to talk about it with people. Yeah. It was like a long time ago since I felt that sort of... Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to the Sunday matinee, and, or not matinee, but Sunday night show, and I was like... Sold out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it get like, it, it was, it, it was very well received. Yeah. And the, the crowd that I went was a very, in, like, industry night. Like, it was a lot of... Dancers. A lot of dancers. So, I mean, like, hopefully it gets picked up. But I think it's, I think, you know, as a creator... We all can take a page from Alyssa's book. You know, there's something about, this is what I kind of want. <laughs> and I think I, I want to present this. And I know that there's, a, it might be small to start, but there's a small group of people that are willing to pay $5 to see it. Mm-hmm. Right. If those two things exist, because, mm-hmm. you know, as artists, we can easily want something and nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody want to see it. Yeah. That's, and that's a constant discussion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in dance mm-hmm. is like, is it self-indulgent work if no one wants to see right. it, or do you make work to be seen? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you where do you where do you land on that? Uh, um, I mean, I've done projects that were for me, mm-hmm. um, but I also was younger, and also had a little probably more immature ideas about what I wanted, mm-hmm. and now working with more people and working with people in other industries and like film and TV and Mm -hmm. music, Mm -hmm. there is something about being seen or Mm -hmm. your stuff being received Mm -hmm. by other people that I Mm -hmm. think is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the initial idea needs to be like very deep Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. why would you push something forward if you're not in it? Also, is self-indulgent just research and can you like charge people for research? Ooh. Interesting. Interesting. Right? Interesting. Right. Because it all starts there. It all right. starts there. Yeah. yeah. And like, so is that actually yourself. something that you like think that people are going to, is it just like you're researching an idea? Yeah. And how do you, how do right. you ask people to. Can you present that? Pay money for pay that. Pay money for that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I also think there's something 
that art has to actually have a level of relatability. Mm-hmm. Yes. Be- and only because you, human beings relate to each other. So if this art is really my, my, like me going through my own stuff and this is my therapy and I just put it out in theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're sharing the human experience, you should be able to see your, your own issues reflect. Like you should be able to see this, you should be able to see yourself and your needs maybe not reflected, but at least like connect to it in a particular way. Right. right. Like the humanity of it should come out. So I think that's where I see how is it relatable? How is it relatable to your audience is less? How is your audience? Um, like, how is it entertaining for your audience? But just like, is your humanity coming out? Like mm-hmm. are other people also connecting to it on a human level? Right. Which means having audiences that, are moved or at least yeah, they're yeah. like perplexed or challenged right. or angered or like, ah, or something beyond. Okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Gotta go. Yeah. I interestingly, I heard a dance scholar professor say that, um, working with nostalgia and sentiment is in work is bad. And that's because and it was like because when you when university students start working with that, it starts getting too emotional, mm-hmm. and they're not at the mature enough age to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But he didn't word it like they're not mature enough to work with this emotion in a professional manner. It was just like nostalgia and sentiment don't work. And I got in like a little huff about it <laughs> because I was like Bill T. Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Let's yeah. talk about his work about yeah, his partner. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah, had HIV, yeah, and you're yeah, saying that that work that wasn't successful. Yeah. That work didn't mean something yeah, to all yeah. those people mm-hmm, that he worked mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. And I like got <sighs> in like a weird like, <sighs> and like I, <laughs> I thought about it. I've been thinking about it for like a while because I'm like, how? Because some works are so like amazing, and you know, how can you say like Barbarians in Love by Hoffa Schechter, where it, like mm-hmm. announces after the first act that he had an affair? Like, how can mm-hmm. you say these works aren't working? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a maturity yeah, thing, and like. Mm-hmm. It's weird because how do you find this place where all of a sudden it's done in a mature way? Mm-hmm. These like ideas of nostalgia mm-hmm. and working with sentiment and working with emotion and working with self-indulgence. And I just, it's, it's weird because it's like, no, you shouldn't do it. No, you shouldn't do it. No, you shouldn't do it. Okay, it's good. It's okay. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's just like space. I think space to like walk away because it's really hard to do the thing when you're in it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But when you take the space to reflect or the space to understand why or to like really grapple with your feelings mm-hmm. and then you can impart that onto dancers mm-hmm. or uh, creatives mm-hmm. without like putting your baggage on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You that's, know? That's actually very, you, you both of you brought up a very, a very, 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 I, an interesting way I think of, I'm, I'm just thinking about art right now because mm-hmm. looking at the visual arts that you have in your, <laughs> in your house and I have, I know a lot of visual artists who are, and I know that I don't know. There's something removed, as you've put it. There's something removed about is all my trauma, all of my things. I'm putting it on on a material, and I'm just gonna. Because that also feels like an unsafe way to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. For yourself, absolutely, absolutely. And for the people that you're in the room with. Well, and you have other people as as creators and performers. We have. It's not Mm -hmm. just. You're not just working through your own trauma. You're like. Pushing that onto people, which yeah. you don't know and their thing. Asking things. them to interpret and yeah. asking them to design based on it, interpret based no. on it, be on stage based on it. Yeah. And, and you don't know how they, how that lands on them. And not only that, if it's not, if the transfer is not done in a way that's responsible, they're going to interpret it not the way you wanted to, not with a depth that you actually right. mean, not with the perspective that you mean. Right. It'll get a little washy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I, you know, if I was, a, 
again, big assumption, but like the ability to just like drop all your things on the material and leave it and that speak for itself is very different than, okay, I'm working with a team of 15 people that have to interpret my trauma. Yes. <laughs> that have to put it on stage yeah. for an audience that have to be on the same vibe that has to like not crumble and fall apart as well. Right. Like crying in the middle of it. Yeah. All between the ages of like sixteen and forty-seven. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, like because right. I bet like a sixteen-year-old has experienced like let's say heartbreak much differently like than a forty-seven-year-old who's been through two divorces. Two divorces, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, two divorces burying their parents. Like it's just it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit yeah. different. It's a bit different, and like background, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, where someone comes from, mm-hmm. yeah, the life they've lived. Like, I mean, like movement is just like an expression of all of your past history and lives that you've done. Right. Mm-hmm. So how is that expressed mm-hmm. differently? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very weird, like forming movement. And you're just like, <laughs> ballet people are like, oh, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, four. <laughs> and Triple like, turn. Yeah. <laughs> and ballerinas are just like repressing. It sometimes feels like everything that they've ever <laughs> had. True. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, the technique just doesn't. Really relies on repressing, like repress everything, <laughs> repress your ribs, repress your yeah. heart, repress like hold it in, repress your breath, repress freedom. Yeah, repress. yeah. yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, like why? Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. When you think about it, it's a little repressed. It is push down. Yeah, just forget your feelings, forget your emotions. Mm-hmm. I am Swan Lake today. <laughs> I am the swan. I am the swan. <laughs> Tears. Let's not talk about the swan and Zeus and Leda. No. Everything that awful that happens with the swan raping. And it's just like a whole other thing. We're supposed to watch Swan Lake with the pantomime and be like, oh, beautiful swan. And forget like the basis of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like Disney. You're like, oh, that's a sexual assault. Yeah. And, oh, okay. We're just going to. Fake it and call it Pocahontas. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Sure, sure, Have you went through the Disney Plus archives? Not yet. My sisters actually just texted me yesterday because one one got the account and gave us the password. (gasps) She won't give it to you or she did? She gave it to us. Okay, good. I share one for my partner. (laughs) Yeah, we we share all of the passwords. Yeah. I haven't yet. I'm excited. Yeah. Super excited. I feel like I was telling my housemates that, like, no, y'all thought y'all got Disney up here, but not many of the shows in the movies didn't cross internationally. They only stayed in the States. And I grew up in the golden age of Disney, where, like, Disney TV show, like, Disney movies were really popular, and then Disney Channel was a new venture. Yeah, and that all, you have all of the shows. It's all there. I was like... I don't believe y'all didn't have Disney original movies. And they're like, what is that? I'm like, well, ho, ho, ho. every Friday, first Friday of the month, there was one different movie. Yeah. Oh, different movie. We all would wait. And we all would like yeah. converge to watch the movie of the month. Yeah. And then talk about it on Monday at school. <laughs> <laughs> October's movie was Halloween related. Oh, like <laughs> December's movie was Christmas related. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was always like such good movies. Oh. No, it's going to be I'm excited Mm. a little bit like we're spending so much money. Yeah. Also, all of the old stuff's on there from like the 20s and 30s, black and white, all of it. You can like literally go through uh, which era you want to watch and it has all of it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like going to be good for research nonetheless, even. But don't you think it's also going to be like 
Look how people are going to be like, exactly. So I'm saying like, which which thing isn't aging well, and should we reevaluate why it's not aging well? Well, you know, like Pocahontas or like. I feel like there's it's no surprise that there's no live action of Pocahontas that's been announced. There's a live action of like every other movie, but yeah, I mean, especially after that, after the Little Mermaid bullshit (laughs) that happened, (laughs) like get the fuck out of here. Yeah, they casted a black um, Little Mermaid Ariel, and there was like, oh, everybody got real upset. Well, you know. We're all upset. But oh. if you, it's um, Hallie, Chloe and Hallie. They're like yeah. a sister combo. And then they chose Hallie, who literally sounds like a Disney princess. Like her, her voice is not even pop anyways. Like that's always been kind of like her critique oh. as a pop singer. That was like, no, your voice is just too melodic. princessy. It's yeah. too melodic. It's too pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And she would, she's going to kill the role. Yeah. Yeah. But there was so much backlash. Holy crap. Like, uh, it's all of like the like white women for Trump just went wild on fucking social media with their blonde fucking red. hair. She's supposed yeah. to be redhead. Like, she's a mermaid. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. She, she is a mermaid. Your, does, does your mermaids aren't real. <laughs> your suspension of disbelief stops with the fact that she's a mermaid. A literal, like, fictional, mythical oh. character. Yeah. That's, a sea witch steals her voice. That's what the bottom of that is. First comes, and no one specifies which ocean she's from. And given that there's oceans all over the world, <laughs> yeah. it could be off the coast of Madagascar. Exactly. It could be off the coast of Zanzibar. Yeah. Like, she could knows? be off Malaysia. Like, who the fuck knows what ocean she's at? Like, so, totally. Let's not pretend that, like, Little Mermaid is a new tale. No, yeah, like, yeah. Little Mermaid is based off of, like, Giselle, which is based off the Baltic <laughs> village story, which is based off of, like, everything, yeah, you know? It's like old story. Yeah. It's Ugh. So, so funny. Disney did not write it. Yeah. No, no. Like, no. they... No. Not, not, nothing. They write nothing. nothing. they've written. <laughs> it's all... It's, it's all retelling. inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there's just stories that you just can't salvage. Like, you really... Like, Pocahontas is a 14-year-old that got raped. Mm-hmm. And as her rapist people were killing and <laughs> emptying their lands, she was forced into a non-consensual relationship. Because you can't consent when you're... A baby. Yeah. So, also, like, let's not pretend that like that's not happening now. Mm-hmm. Still, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. they just found like a bunch of girls in human trafficking mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, like yeah. forty-five women. Yeah. Who yeah. just like had? Oh, they were missing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where they went. There was no missing signs. Like, it's just like it, let's not pretend that that's not a massive issue that we're having in like Canada right I've been now. Talking about actually, I talk about human trafficking way too much in the last couple of months. Yeah. It's actually like a thing. Like it's like yeah. not it's, a, like it's like it's, a, like, it's like on a the crisis. forefront of the news right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like it's actually like crisis. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, who was I was talking to my housemates about like what was it was like something that she saw around the the correlation of human trafficking in sports, both in, in North America generally, mm-hmm. and like it's like a it's a um it's a what is it what, what did she say it's like. It knows no borders of sports. So, like, the the Super Bowl, there's all of this research about how many people are trafficked around the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl itself, the game itself, how many people are Because sold. there's so many people there, there's and they can just, like, make things happen and well, nobody notices? There's so many people there. There's so many people with access to money that are, that, 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 that that are looking yeah. for sex workers and that blur the line between who's, you know, like, the line oh, between wow. who's actually engaging in sex work, like, willingly oh. and, like, actively and, like, confidently and yeah. who's being trafficked or who's part of a ring or who's being trapped or who's being, like... Right. And the Super Bowl is such a big 
global game, like yeah. you know, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, the Pan Am, like Weird. those bring people from all over the world, all right. over the world, crossing borders. The second you get that happen, you yeah, you have a situation like- for for trafficking, for trafficking. Because mm-hmm. if you're getting somebody that's been moved, do you know? Do you know what's moved them? Like, do you know right. what, what brought them here to Philadelphia or to Atlanta right, 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 or whichever right. cities? Mm-hmm. But like, like. Ooh. Massive issue. What? Like it's like uh, human beings. Like it's bad. It's it's yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of bad things happening. <laughs> I'm gonna switch over just for a little like yeah. 180. Um, you in your like bio, you describe yourself as a provocateur. Mm-hmm. What does that word mean to you, and why is that a word that you use to describe yourself? I think that I am I. A, p- a large part of my artistic practice and my practice as a whole, as a general human being, is to kind of push us past comforts. I think that, you know, I haven't lived in... I've lived in Canada for... 25, 14 years. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the longest that I spent in any country. Um, and I'm Canadian. I pretty much, I see... I've, I've been socialized as a Haitian, as an American, and as a Canadian. Like, there's just different segments of my life, and I spent long enough to be socialized as each. And the more that I get more Western, the more that I get more comfortable. The Mm. more that I feel like life is about comfort here. And when there's comfort, there's... um, I don't know. When there's comfort, too much comfort, we forget about the real world. We forget about issues that exist. We forget about being uncomfortable we forget about how many people are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and i sort of see my artistic practice and really my life is to push people beyond um beyond not only their comfort zones but beyond their realms of possibility to and that's both with my activism and with my art is to uh disturb and to shake (laughs) and to push and to um to defiantly get us to think about things in a different way, to get myself to think about to, 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 to think about things in a different way. I sort of, um, a lot of my characters that I create are like tricksters um, and, and very like mischievous, um, um, sort of like the parent. I always say it in the tamest way, it's like the parents that sneak vegetables in like the dessert. You know, like <laughs> that is a provocateur because yeah. you're, you're like, you, you, you could have all hell breaking loose with a child that does not want to eat vegetables. Like, they could be pushed to, like, ah, like full tantrum. <laughs> or they could eat the vegetables, you know, and sneakily get the vegetables without you knowing. Like, that, Why is that, there fucking shredded carrot in this exactly, cookie, motherfucker? Right? <laughs> so it's, like, risky because you might push people too far where they, like, boom, they retaliate yeah. back. But you might push people enough that they might change and they might suddenly like vegetables. Right. So I... I don't, I'm not interested in making art that's safe. I'm not interested in making comfort. I'm not interested in making people comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is, is paying homage and honor to like the sacrifice that my parents made. My parents were, were definitely took themselves out of their comfort zones to leave both of their jobs, both of middle-class comfort in Haiti for us. Like my parents, yeah, my families have never been comfortable and my communities have never been comfortable. And I think that too many of us are too comfortable mm-hmm. and that things get a bit too boring when things are too comfortable. So I, I, I sort of enjoy getting us to, to have difficult conversations, um, 
challenging us to see the world differently, challenging myself to see myself in relation to people differently, asking the questions that nobody wants to ask, <laughs> but we all know they're there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the long way of right. the long way of answering that. No, that's all right. It's a great. Mm-hmm. It's a great answer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's very long. Good um, luck at it. <laughs> I had a question. I can't remember. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Haiti and then Florida mm-hmm. and then here. And then here, yeah. Um, are you finding you're get the, you've been the most comfortable in Canada? When you say like, and I wonder if that's like Toronto. Yeah. You know? Very, 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 very important question. Yeah. Very important question. Wow, we're getting deep. But also, like, comfortability is also, like, What's com- yeah, is that com- safety? Is that, yeah, is is that resources? Is yeah. it, what is it? I think it's a, it's a combination of things. So I think for me, personally, this is the most, it, it's ironic because I'm trying to push you past a comfort zone, but this is definitely the most comfortable I've ever been. Mm-hmm. So there, there is, the magic of Canada is a safety thing, is that I can be outspoken, black, gay, out and about, and not rarely fear for my life. Rare, not like I, like rarely fear that 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 things are going to crumble. Rarely, rarely feel the sort of like the stakes. The stakes are not as high here, which makes me very comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's in some aspect that's not necessarily bad because I get healthcare because I'm not living in the States right now being like, are we losing the Republic? Like we're not, we're not having national conversations about the loss of our Republic. I'm not living in Haiti right now. Um, nine years after earthquakes still trying to rebuild. So in a way the life here is very comfortable. And I do think that everybody deserves comfort in their personal life. Mm -hmm. I think everybody deserves healthcare. I think everybody deserves a place to sleep warm. I think everybody deserves level of comforts that we have here. Having said that, I also think that living in our comfort, if we just live and melt in it, if we're just melting on the couch, we miss the fact that like literally eight people have died from living on the streets since it's gotten cold. <laughs> like it's like every year we talk about a homelessness crisis. There's still water that's still not drinkable in this country. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest Easy. countries in the world. What? I grew up in Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And again, granted, I was middle class, but I had never worried about not having clean drinking water. And you mean to tell me I'm here in Canada and there are people who have the same citizenship I have, as I have who were born here, whose peoples were here way before I was, who don't have water? Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so, I think the comfort thing is a double-edged sword and that we get, we get, when you're so comfortable, you sometimes forget that like life's happening. Complacent. Complacent, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. We become very complacent. And I think part of the complacency is also us denying other people's lack of comfort. Well, I'm comfortable. You're comfortable. What's the problem? You right. know, like right. you have health care. What's the problem? We saw it with Yagmeet Sin in the election. We see it. We see it with Don Cherry's comments. Like it's the comfort makes us then get really like agitated. Yeah. When other people say it's not okay. Yes. And we see it in dance. We see it in, uh, it manifests in every sector, I think, is that I'm comfortable, but you might not be. And in fact, my comfort 
walking out of here is in part because I'm a cis dude walking mm -hmm. in a village. But my comfort and your comfort are probably different, even though even though this is the queer village, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though the, the sort of verbal harassments that you and I will receive if we walk from here all the way down by the water right. will probably be very different, even though most of it's the village. So I do think that, like, there's a lit, like, there's, um, this is, how, uh, you, you can't see this in the, in, in the recording, but, like, shaking. like so our societies are constantly shaking. Like, they're, they're reverberating, they're vibrating. And I think that in the States, when the states are shaking, most yeah. Americans feel it. Yes. In Haiti, when Haiti's shaking, every Haitian feels it. I think it's very simple, very easy in this country, extremely easy. If you want to put, if you want to be the horse that has their, their, blinders their like their blinders on, mm -hmm. you can, you can. And I think that that's, that is not the, the society that I, that I want to live in. And I'm always, that's why I always, I always, when young people at all, all age are agitating against anything, I'm down for it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're doing it in a way that brings people in, if you're doing it in a way that makes dance, the sector, the community, the world better, then, like, agitate. Then push back. Because mm -hmm. the only way to push back against discomfort is to, like, make make people uncomfortable mm -hmm. is to say the things that are like are we all just gonna stay here silently and say it okay mm -hmm. like right. no one's gonna talk about the fact that we are the biggest arms dealer to Saudi Arabia besides the United States no one's gonna talk about that right. okay like okay duality that is Canada exactly yeah. right yeah. no one's gonna talk about how we are the biggest resource extractors in the world Canada's Canadian companies have more mines than any other companies in the world no we're not gonna talk about that okay Mm. Mm. No one's gonna talk about Alberta and fracking and how like we talk about climate change like it's its external thing, but we literally have an entire province whose entire sector is based off of fracking and removing of natural resources. Mm -hmm. So because we're so comfortable, I think Americans, if you ask Americans to list five per, five and this is a guesstimate, again, this is not scientific, <laughs> but five good things and five bad things about their country. You'll get, like, way more good things because Americans are like, we're working great, we're so good, we're the best thing ever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think you get some accurate reflection from people across mm -hmm. the board of what's not working. I think people would be like, yeah, our healthcare system's a bit shitty. Like, even if they don't say shitty, they'd be like, it's not, it's broken. It's not helpful. It's or, not the best. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Political system's broken. We might all have different ideas of how to make it better, but at least we can know that it's like... Something's wrong. It's, something's wrong, yeah. you know? Right. Americans are just starting to realize that, like, well, in the 50s, you had the best infrastructure in the world. But, like, everywhere else, they're, like, bullet training. <laughs> if yeah. you go to Asia, they're going 190 miles an hour. You're still going the old freight trains from 1920s. Yeah. Boom, 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 you know, that are making, like, boom, you know what I'm saying? Like, we, that, like that's, like, I think in the States, there's a little bit more awareness of, of, of the transitions that need right. to happen. I think we're just, we, it is easy to be comfortable here. And life is difficult winter makes life particularly difficult here mm -hmm. right and again it's no sh no shame to canadians because it's like it's out it's so cold <laughs> like what time to do things when you're bundling the whole time yeah. right takes but you I, 20 minutes to exactly. the house. yeah but i do think that we 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 have space to ignite <laughs> levels of agitation a mm -hmm. little bit more yeah. um i think we have to i think that our changing country we have to we're gonna have to have a conversation about indigenous issues that are actually very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to have it. Like, it's just, it is. 
And my ancestors were not in this country, but I'm going to have to have that conversation as somebody who lives here now, as somebody who has settled here now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the long way of saying, like, I, I, I feel like there's so many positives in this, in this, in this living in a society that I don't have much to complain about. But I think because of that, I challenge myself to always try to just see the grit in this country. Because if I'm this comfortable, I know not everybody's comfortable. Mm -hmm. And why can't everybody be comfortable? Mm -hmm. It's possible. It totally is. There's enough money. This country itself, there's enough money in this country to make everyone comfortable. Every single person. Comfortable. Chilling. There's enough. We have way more than enough. We have way more than enough. Mm -hmm. You know, like totally. I live a queen in, in um, queen in McCall, and I will like walk past Bay, and I'm like, oh, and you see some of those cars. It's like okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this car is more than three years of my salaries. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's there's money. Yep. Yeah, there's money. There's, there's resources. There's access. There's water. There's infrastructure. Yep. There is mm -hmm. there's vision. There's talent. There's all of it. I think that to let it all shine, it requires fundamental shifts. And right. the only way this happens is by people pushing against the grain. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's like a little bit of piggybacking between Canada and the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas like for a long time, it was like, oh, there's no Canadian talent. There's only United States talent. And like us wanting to be, I'm this is very general, wanting to be like the United States mm -hmm. is also. I 100% agree. agree with that. Right? Assessment. Because like million percent. there's so much excess in mm -hmm. the United States mm -hmm. money wise, like yeah. the 1%. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also something people want here, yeah, yeah, even though we so have too. a very different system. Yes, absolutely, I agree. I agree. You I know? think that so what's I think that we revere that a bit. We why? see that as we see that success or that level of top one percent as as great, <laughs> because we when you look at the one percent, you ignore the ninety nine, right? Because right. the one we'd much rather talk about. Jeff Bezos and his $157 billion than it is to talk about. <laughs> like, he got divorced, gave up half of it, and is still the richest man oh in the world. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, you know, or Warren Buffett. Be like, he got rid of 99. He's going to get rid of 99% of his fortune and still be a billionaire. Yeah. Still have $1,000 million. Have you seen that thing like, with Bill Gates? Oh, oh. You want to fund my project? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Warren Buffett, please. Yeah. When Bill Gates is, like, talking about taxes, and he's like... I pay $10 million, $10 million in taxes. And you think that, yeah, it's, it's enough. It's like, I should be paying that. Then you're going to say, I have to pay $20 million. Okay, I'll pay it. But if I have to pay $100 million in taxes, then I'm not really going to have enough left. And people are like, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like, I have to pay, like, 300 in taxes. And I'm like, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I have to, like, figure out what I'm going to, like, ration to make it happen. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe I won't Uber this month. Like, maybe yeah. that's just, like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll commute those exactly. extra hours. Yeah, exactly. in the slush, in the snow. Exactly, exactly. I don't need a new pair of winter boots right now. Exactly. <laughs> I think we love to look at the U.S.'s success and its downsides. And we, look at, we love to look at our success and not our downside. So we'd love to talk about American poverty, but not our poverty. Yeah. We love to talk yeah. about American racism, but not our racism. Yeah. We love to talk about how the U.S. is ruining the environment, but not how we're doing the same thing. And right. I agree with you that we totally piggyback on the U.S. Mm -hmm. I think this growth of this city is perfect example of, like, this city is becoming a mix of San Fran with Seattle trying to be New York. Like, we're constantly looking at these 
others and being like, yeah, we got this too. We have talent from Canada too. Look at Drake. Look at all the yeah. things. Like we, we, can, we can hit the global market too. And the second we do that, we revere that as the best thing ever. Like, whoa, yeah, you crack through. But they've just cracked through being American. <laughs> like, yeah. We yeah, reward yeah. if someone can crack through and... Make be, it in America. Make it in America or be like an yeah, America right. or be like an American or, or have a career that's like at the, at the stature of an American. Mm-hmm. But I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's sustainable. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't. I think that we're, gonna, we're entering a new era. And this is not to be doomsday, but, you know, if you think about the 1920s, when people entered the 20s, they had no idea what was to come to them. Right. right? If, you, mm-hmm. if you just started, 19, if you finished 1919 and you're going into 1920, you're, uh, you've just finished World War I. There's a lot that's still to happen. There's a lot. There was a Great Depression. There was a Second World War. There was a Cold War. Like that, that, from that, if we were at 1919, we would have had a lot in our lifetimes. And that means there's still a lot to come, right? Like yeah. we've, I've, we've enjoyed years of prosperity. Mm-hmm. We had a recession, but I was 18. I just got into the market and then it's been better. So my entire adult life, the economy's been good. Yeah. My entire adult life, I haven't been called on to go to war, right? Like, I don't, what, what, like, I don't even know. And you know, it's 21st century, yeah. so they accept women now. So if there's a draft, y'all. <laughs> We're all going. They accept gays now, too. So it ain't like, it's like the, 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 the reasons, the reasons that people avoided the draft ain't. Are, are not applicable like, anymore. Yeah. Right? So I, I do, I do definitely, sometimes I worry about war. I worry about conflict. I worry about poverty. I worry yeah. about inequality. I worry about a society that's so far out that you can't... Like, I worry about what it's going to be like to be an artist 20 years down the line if being an artist right now, even when you're working, is not affordable. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder what it's like to work... You know, like, I've been working consistently for 10 years since... No, in Canada since 2007. So since I was... So I'll... 2007, 12 years? Sure. So I've been working for 12 years in Canada in various forms, part-time, full-time, whatever. I worry that I still won't have enough money to retire in my pension. Yeah. Like I st- even everything we pay into Canadian pension plan, we, our generation, will not have enough to retire, even though we've been working consistently. Mm-hmm. Like I worry about some of those things, and I think that I try to put some of those things in my art, but I also think as artists, it's going to be us. It has always been us that worried about these things. It were the underground artists in Germany that were like, okay, this Nazism thing's not cute, <laughs> right? Like, it was, yeah. it's always been the artists that are like, what is going on, y'all? Like, yeah. can we take a time out? Right, right. And I, I think that, I think that that role is going to be called upon way more in this decade. Mm-hmm. I think that that role that can continue piggybacking. I think the states will. Donald Trump did not change anything. Donald Trump, I think, just created an opening for what was waiting to come out. And I think the U.S. is going to, they're going to go down their own path. And we're going <clears> to, <throat> our government's going to begrudgingly follow them, unfortunately, because our economies are so tied. and that, So intertwined. So yeah. intertwined. So mm-hmm. intertwined. They collapse, we collapse. Like, without even right. question. Without Sharing even, that physical border and all the trades that we do. All the yeah. trades. Yeah. We're so dependent on them. They are, yeah. big, like, <clears> they, our imports and our exports, U.S. <laughs> we yeah. take a lot from the U.S. and we give a lot to the U.S. And I think we're going to be impacted by that. And as artists, we have to have that clear, you know, as much as we're doing our own work and unpacking trauma and all right. of that thing, like, <laughs> we have to, we kind of have to be steadfast in carving out our vision of who 
who do we want to be bringing along with us in this new world and what sort of Canada we want to have when we're old and we're 50? What yeah. sort of what sort of Canada do we want to pass on to our children? Totally. And what sort of Canada do we want to retire in? Yeah, that was I'm really glad that you said that because when I was voting, someone said something very similar to me. Mm-hmm. They're like, vote for the country that you want to live in mm-hmm. in 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Always. That's mm-hmm. a, and that's a good way of it. That's a very, well, I'm going I'm to keep that as well for myself because <laughs> that's a good way of, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Like it is, it is, we, you, there are fundamental differences that can happen with putting a different party in power. Like yeah. you could go down a whole different path. It did not take that long for Nazi Germany to rise. Like, nope. It really didn't. All all you needed was uh, his history. <laughs> Literally, all Nazism was built on is a history of frustration and a history of racism. We already have that. <laughs> we already have undercurrents of racism that just need feeding. Trump did not just come out of nowhere. He found undercurrents of racism that he could just put some water in and watch grow. Mm. It's not that far to devolve to like... Mm-hmm. I think the difference, though, we live in a world where, like, everybody got a gun. <laughs> right? Like, oh! Talking about guns. Right. You're not even it's talking like, to me about the guns. <laughs> I have a story about guns after. Oh, my gosh, really. It's bad. That being said, we should yes, wrap. Uh, Rodney, is being an artist Hello. fucking killing you? You know why? <laughs> being an artist is fucking killing me but yeah. being an artist is fucking rejuvenating me at the same time right. doing both i'm dying and living at the same time i'm breathing and dying at the same <laughs> fucking time but i also think that is why we signed up for this shit <laughs> we were those four-year-olds that were like this world needs some change yeah. <laughs> so i will gladly let it kill me for longer awesome <laughs> thank you so much so thank you for having thank me thank you i appreciate it Um, Thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts, um, questions, let us know what you think. Go ahead and follow us, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, You can download us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, basically any place you can download podcasts. So go find us and let us know what you think. Thank you so much. You can find Rodney at? You can find me at Rodney Diverless. So it's diver, like an Olympic diver, L-U-S. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you.